One of my favorite things about hosting a podcast is I can get to know a person, but after I record with someone, I get to know them that much better. And I think you're going to enjoy this episode because if you've been following Kale's journey through her career, if you know her from past times in her life, or if you don't know her at all, you're going to get something out of this, whether it be resiliency, tough life experiences, career growth, moving to new places, um, just life in general. You're going to enjoy it. We talk a little bit about uh, what it's like to live in uncertain times and how we have everything that we need to move forward. So I hope you enjoy this one and share it with a friend. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at Yeg Fitness. Welcome to episode 117 of the Lifestyle Chase. I am joined by Kale Simpson. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. You know, can't complain. Uh, the sun, well, the sun was shining. It's not so much shining anymore, but it's shining where you are, right? Uh, it's behind a cloud, but no Close complaints enough. either. Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. It's always, you know what? It's always shining. Sometimes there's just a cloud in the way. So when this pandemic hit, like, what was it like where you're at? Tell, tell the listeners a little bit about where you're at right now and what you do and then what the pandemic was like. All right. So I have an online fitness coaching business that I've been doing for a couple years now. And I guess about a year ago now, I figured I was a year into my business. I kind of gained some traction and felt as steady and kind of as as one can be when working for oneself and you know not having a paycheck coming in every month but i felt like okay i feel you know i feel like this is a real thing now i guess and you know i'm i have an income coming in and i'm um just feel kind of more stable overall and i can also you know i work off my laptop so i can do this from wherever so why am i not doing that why am i not taking advantage of that so yeah, kind of decided, you know, I should try living somewhere new because I have never really done that before. I never really, I went straight from high school to um, college and never really had like the travel phase. Um, I went into engineering originally, so I was kind of like, you know, got to keep the math fresh in your brain. So a friend of mine was moving to Australia and I kind of shared this with her. I was like, yeah, I was thinking maybe I want to try living somewhere new. And she was like, I'm going to Australia. You should come with. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? So that's kind of how I ended up here uh, with the intention, I guess, of traveling indefinitely um, and really not having a set plan of for how long or where I would go, um, but just kind of had the idea, you know, I'm young, I'm single. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have an opportunity to do this in the future. Um, so why not give it a try? And if I don't like it, then I can always go back and, you know, live with my parents if I need to. Um, and yeah, that's what brought me here. And then 
I've been here for the last five or six months. It was an interesting time to come to Australia. Um, first thing was the fires pretty much as soon as I got here. Those were a thing. You've probably heard about them. Um, and so it was an interesting environment to be in. And it was interesting because, like, I honestly didn't really know much about Australia before coming here. Like, I didn't really do much research. Like, <laughs> I really didn't know a whole lot at all except that it was hot and, you know, I didn't really know much about the culture apart from, you know, surfers, like whatever, everyone, everyone's kind of chill. Um, so it was interesting because, you know, everyone back home was asking, oh, how are you doing? How are the fires? How is it? And back when I think about it, like I can't recall ever really hearing anything about Australia in the news when I was in Canada. So it was interesting timing to come here and, and have that kind of coming up. Um, and it was definitely kind of like, it touching to be here and, and heartbreaking to kind of be in the midst of that. Um, and then it rained next thing in uh, January, February and put all the fires out. And then there was flooding in certain areas of Australia. So it kind of went the other way of the spectrum. Um, and then I was going to move to Bali. I was going to come home to Edmonton to visit my family, friends for a couple weeks. Um, my mom had a big event planned um, that some of our family from around Canada was going to come uh, all attend it and, and visit her. And then I was going to go to Bali after that for a few months uh, to, uh, I wanted to meet other kind of like digital nomads and people and that's kind of a big hub for it. So that was kind of my next step. And then the pandemic happened and figured it was just better to kind of stay put, stay where I was, stay in a first world country. Um, and just try to not, you know, stay home as much as I could. And I had this apartment, decided to, my lease was up, but I decided to take it over and find new roommates and everyone left. Um, and yeah, it feels like, how much time has even passed? Like a, a month or so? Or it's like over a month. It's, it's hard. Like every day is a day. Like time is yeah. not a thing anymore. We just wake up, we drink coffee get her done you know <laughs> it feels like it's it's been it feels like it was yesterday but like five years ago at the same time i don't know that's how that's how i feel about it absolutely um, so i guess since this pandemic hit for me at first i don't know i was kind of like it definitely hit me and I'm not sure if you can really, I feel like everyone can relate to this to a certain extent where it's like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way because I don't have it worse. Like I'm friggin' lucky. I have, I work online. Um, people need my support in this time. Like they're, you know, the gyms are closing, people are turning to food to cope and like I can help them with that and I can do it from the comfort of my home and I haven't really had to change anything about my life apart from um, I was working at a co-working office. So I used to rent out like an office space just to get out of the house because I lived with four girls um, and took it home and kind of my routine got, you know, smashed a little bit and dealing with some personal things with my living situation. But, uh, you know, I am in the point oh 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 one percent of people in terms of how fortunate I am. So there's like an element of guilt that came into it with like, why am I sad? Why? Like, you know, just like snap out of it. I just hit myself in the head. <laughs> but it was there. Um, and it kind of forced me to look at that and be like, okay, maybe has this always been here? Like, have I always been 
had this kind of like lingering like sadness or like I'm not okay and like why is it you know my trip to Bali was taken away like oh like poor me or it, it was I was so focused on like you know my next trip or whatever was going on in my business or even what whatever was happening like next weekend it was or you know on a dating app like you know meeting someone like there's always something that I was like focused on and excited about and then the pandemic came and it was kind of like well what do I have to look forward to like I, I don't know I feel lost like I don't even I can't even you know go out to dinner I, I can't even look forward to like seeing my friends like what do I what am I living for type thing and even though you know I have a stable income I have like you know I'm okay but somewhere inside it's like oh maybe I'm not okay maybe I was like distracted by all these things so that's where that kind of started um but for me it's been and I am going somewhere with this I'm not just like being you know depressing that was an opportunity for me to kind of look at that and be like okay why why am I not okay and how can I work on being okay no matter what's going on outside of me um so I guess yeah the last like month and a half been like looking at that from like a holistic kind of spiritual psychological everything perspective and realizing like what's going on and how can I ultimately what I've learned is is all about kind of like surrender and acceptance and like accepting things at the way that they are and not not kind of like arguing with reality or, or ultimately it's just kind of like acceptance and and looking at your stuff and like why am I not okay and what am I maybe suppressing what am I holding back and how can I start to release that and just be okay no matter what's going on outside of me so I'm on that journey right now um, but I feel like I've, I've just had a lot of like breakthroughs and epiphanies and like there's now you know this hope that I have for the for the future or just kind of you know this hope in general it's it's not necessarily tied to anything outside of me it's like oh I can I can get there on my own no matter what's going on and that's um and I'm working on it every day and I can enjoy the process so that's kind of where I'm at that's awesome yo it totally makes sense and uh, what it makes me wonder is like because I've experienced a lot of similar things in getting like super super introspective in this process and like understanding like what I need in my life what matters like what matters a lot um where my line in the sand is with like how how people show up to to life like um I'm a super inclusive individual who likes having diversity in my life I I can see that that is the case I am someone who needs some aspect of fitness I uh operate best with uh, good nutrition and like these are things that are made evident when you're kind of forced to hang out by yourself or when you're forced to take it easy on your big goals like when when the pandemic kind of really hit full force and gyms were closed I was in the middle of like a record month for for business for training but being that my my training was a lot of in person well I would have to pivot And that doesn't mean that I can't have a record month. It's just going to look a lot different. Like maybe it can be a record month for online business and it's just growing for me, but it doesn't mean that I can't have growth there. So I think perspective is a really cool thing if you let it become a cool thing. And in saying that for yourself, um, 
what was the perspective that you gained? Like, what are things that are really important to you, like here and now? Hmm. Things that are really important to me here and now. Um, I think, like you said, like self-care things. So like taking care of your body, um, movement, gratitude, I feel like just taking the time to be like, okay, what do I have to be grateful for? Uh, relationships, like genuine relationships. Um, and I, I think just, yeah, those genuine connections in general, like I've, it's interesting, I've gotten a lot closer with my family. Like back when I was in Canada, I was living in BC, they were in Alberta. Um, we would talk maybe like once or once every month or two. We're talking every week since I got here. And then since this, since I got to Australia and then since the pandemic hit, we're expanding that to extended family who I used to only talk to, you know, keep in touch on Facebook and stuff maybe, but um, would see them once or twice a year maybe. But I genuinely, like I care about them and I value them so much. So it's been nice. We've been getting on like weekly calls and I feel like, yeah, connection is everything. Um, and connection with to others, connection with yourself. Um, yeah, I, but I guess one thing that I've learned is like, I don't need a whole lot. Like I really, I really don't like gratitude, like focusing on like being okay with, with whatever, whatever I have. Um, and just trying to like enjoy what I'm doing as much as possible. So even if it's like, I don't know, learning how to make anything fun. Like this is something that I talk about with my clients. Like how can you make how can you make your workouts more fun or how can you make your commute to work more fun? Like you can, there are things that you, you know, ultimately in life, you can't choose every single thing that you're doing. And even if you're following your dream career path, there's still going to be shit sandwiches like in there. Can I swear on your podcast? Oh yeah. hundred percent. That was a perfect use of uh, the word shit sandwich. I appreciated that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, you pick the buffet you want. There's going to, they're going to sneak shit sandwiches. That's not a good metaphor because it doesn't actually happen in real life but <laughs> that's that's how it is like there's going to be stuff that you don't want to do and it's not necessarily about what you're doing it's about how you're doing it so um you know you can compare your life and whatever you're doing to you know the queen of england or uh i don't know zach efron or you know whoever or you can compare it to like what are the chances that I am even alive right now and like in a first world country and like all these blessings that I do have. Um, but I guess, yeah, coming back to how you're doing things, like you're going to have to commute to work no matter what, you're going to have to deal with problems in your business no matter what, how can you make it more fun or like learn how to enjoy it more? So even things like going to the grocery store for me now, it's like, Oh, like I get to go on an adventure. Like I get to go. <laughs> I wonder who, if, like what kind of people I'll get to watch or there'll be cute dogs on the way or like just learning how to like make everyday normal things more joyful and more exciting. And I think, yeah, that's, that's, it all comes down to just gratitude and being present and making the most of what you do have and recognizing that like you don't need a whole lot. And I feel like whatever we do have, we kind of, we end up adapting to it. Like, you know, if you buy an expensive car, like you're going to, you know, be super stoked and excited for the first couple weeks or so, but eventually you're going to kind of level out to that. Or even me coming to Australia. It's like when you first get here and you look at the views, you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I feel so like lit up and excited. It's something new. Like humans love or people 
love novelty and stuff. Um, but eventually you're going to kind of like level that's going to become like your new normal in a sense. Um, so learning that like, okay, you, and I guess the other way, like if, if you kind of adapt to whatever your life conditions are and you're not necessarily like, you know, if you have to, it's a good example of this. Um, I guess living in Edmonton. So like <laughs> people are like, Oh, how do you, how do you deal with the, the minus 40 weather? I'm like, you just do like you get used to it. Like I probably, I feel like I'm cold blooded. Like I'm not meant to live in somewhere very cold, but I think back to when I was living there and you just, you know, it's just reality. Like you just learn to deal with it and you learn how to like put lots of layers on and go sledding and enjoy hot cocoa in front of the fire. And it just becomes your new normal. And even though, you know, people, a lot of people here in Australia, they're like, Oh, like the snow, that's awesome. Cause it's, you know, you kind of want what you don't have. Yeah. A lot of I talk to I'm like yeah it's like gets to minus 40 and it's basically winter eight months a year they're like how do you deal with that I'm like you just do and like if you were born there you would too well and- I, I liked the analogy of uh people always want what they don't have like it's so true I mean it's true in the fitness area it's true in like anybody's career path in anybody's family in anybody's uh current situation like people people that have no company want company and people that have company want no company, um, all these different things. Uh, and I like your stance on gratitude. So if I was to say, what are five things that you're grateful for today? What would those five things be? Oh man, there's so many more than just five. Perfect. Um, talking right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for connecting with other people. Um, I'm grateful for, being healthy, um, for getting to move my body every single day. I'm grateful to, incredibly grateful to be by nature. I get to go outside and like be by the ocean and like it's friggin' beautiful here. Um, I'm grateful for being able to help people in this pandemic, um, being able to share experiences and knowledge and skills that I have to help other people be better. Um, I'm grateful for dogs. I'm just thinking. <laughs> Was that, I think that was five. Yeah, it was definitely five. That was good. Something that I came across just in my own discussions, I, I talk to my parents pretty regularly. That's like one of my routines that I've done ever since I really started becoming a trainer because I was like, life is short. Why wouldn't I talk to my parents? If I'm self-employed, I might as well. And so in my most recent like really good chat that I had with my mom, she brought up the point like if somebody in the family was to get sick, they're in they're getting their care and where nobody's allowed to visit them like even if you were in edmonton like around your family and they got sick you wouldn't be able to go see them and then so that was just like the biggest wake-up call ever as to what i have to be grateful for because like um i can go down the list of people that are like pillars in my life whether it's friends clients people that i see regularly um they're all good like i can account for all of them some of them have like crazy stress some of them have they they got laid off but like as far as i know everybody's accounted for and that is like the biggest thing to be grateful for ever but i never thought about it until my mom pointed it out when i was oh like like even just that my parents are healthy and like my my aunts and uncles are healthy and 
friends are healthy and my friends' friends are healthy. And so it's just, life is precious. Life is super precious. Yeah, totally. That's a hundred percent one that I would add to my list is that all my friends and family are healthy. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes after a long day, like I, I definitely, as a personal trainer, I'm like, make sure you guys talk about what you're grateful for, but it's just so helpful for like, uh, bolstering people against everything that life will throw our way. And like, clearly we, we adapt, we learn that like, you know, like this, uh, this modified version of life has become kind of our norm. I think a lot of people are sort of used to jumping on a video call with their friends. A lot of people are used to, uh, calling in the restaurant and then picking up their food at a social distance. And they're used to, uh, everything that they do. That's so normal. Like, so not normal, but normal now, even you brought up grocery stores for me, what I used to do for fun was go to the grocery store, like more than I should have just because I was like, yeah, I'm going to get to people watch and see what price Greek yogurt is. And uh, learn learn about nutrition just more so from what's on the market what my clients could possibly get when they're having just really basic questions for me like hey uh, what's something that I can get as a high source of protein if I don't like chicken and then I have like a plethora of answers because I've navigated the entire layout of Superstore and Safeway but now in pandemic times it's like you don't want to do that you want to limit it to once a week like maximum almost and probably not going to people watch. Everybody's got the bejesus scared out of them. Like they, they, they're uncertain. They're uneasy. The, the atmosphere is different. And what I've learned is like smiling makes such a difference. Like, um, if I do self checkout and the person's standing by self checkout, like I don't take for granted that experience of like the eye contact with people before it would be like, Oh, whatever self checkout person. But now it's like, I imagine they've had a very long day and this is like the first human being that I have seen in a week. So I give them a smile and usually I don't say anything because I'm like trying not to speak moistly as Trudeau would say. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I shut up, but I smile with my eyes, but it's like those little things make such a difference just in our day-to-day interaction. And for us being in the wellness space where we're preaching that all the time, finally people are really understanding like how important all these little things are it's it's a bit of a wake-up call yeah totally which in itself is something you know to be grateful for in a sense so i'm curious you talked about how you kind of started off things with engineering like how what inspired you to take the engineering program in the first place um i wouldn't say i was necessarily inspired but, well, I guess what the story is, is that I was always, I always really liked math. I guess even as a kid, I always really liked learning. And I still really do. I do it every single day. Um, and math, I guess, was like an aptitude of mine. Like, I was always just really good at it. It came really easily to me since, like, the second grade. I was doing, like, advanced, like, math problems. High school, I would, like, sleep through math class and just get 100 on all the tests. Like, it, I don't know. It just, like, came very easily to me. Um, and when it came time to pick a major in university, like most people, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know who I was. Um, but I knew that I was good at math or I got good grades in math and I enjoyed it. Um, and, um, I, it was either engineering or an honors math program, I guess. 
Um, and I figured and was advised that engineering was, you know, the more practical option to take. Um, and I could kind of, if I had an engineering degree, I could do whatever I wanted from there type thing. Um, so that's how I started in it. And then in your first year, you have to decide to specialize. So first year is just kind of generally you take everything. Um, and then you pick what your specialization is and the only one that I was really, really interested in. So I was always really good at math, but I was never really the type of person, like I wasn't like taking apart cars or engines or trying to figure out how things worked. It was more like the, the theoretical side of things, I guess. And, um, and also I was, I was always into health and fitness. Like I played sports my entire life. I was in soccer academy in high school. I was a cheerleader. Um, was always really interested in fitness and health and kind of had my own journey with uh, body image and dieting and that kind of stuff. Um, but back to engineering, making a specialty. Um, the one that I was interested in was working with prosthetics or I guess biomedical engineering. So I went into mechanical biomedical um, and I think there was, it was like 15 people were accepted into that program. It was very competitive um and got into it was stoked about that and it was throughout that process i got really into fitness so i guess my first well i guess i answered your question about where why i got into engineering in the first place um, totally so like how did that how did that evolve into fitness yeah um, so like I said, I was always really interested in sports growing up. I was interested in a lot of things, but I guess, uh, like art, music, sports, I guess high school, I kind of narrowed, had to pick something and went in more into sports. Um, and, oh, let's see. It was, so I, I had kind of my own, my own journey with fitness and with food um, I was an athlete, I guess you could say throughout like junior high, high school, and then graduated from high school and turned 18, started, I kind of partied on sale throughout high school, um, but stopped playing sports for that summer. I guess I stopped playing soccer, I stopped kind of cheerleading and I started partying a lot. Like I was partying before, uh, in high school and whatever, had a big ID. I think my parents already know this maybe <laughs> they do now yep. <laughs> I started partying I guess a lot after high school and gained weight very very quickly and I all throughout high school like I would work out for hours a day because I was in soccer academy um and I was thin I didn't have a problem with my weight but I still you know had a problem with found something to have a problem with with my body you know I found someone skinnier than me I'm like oh I want to look like that so I was always calorie conscious and even when I was already thin I was like oh I want a six-pack I was on a cheerleading team and I looked up to these girls with six-packs in the states who were like 80 pounds probably in 16 and that was who I looked up to and I was like oh I just want to get a six-pack so I do dumb things like try cleanses or I'd be like oh if I maybe do this 30-day hot yoga cleanse I'm going to do hot yoga every single day it was always like very extreme like I was like, oh, I didn't see results in two days. I'm gonna do this extreme thing. Then I can only stick to that for five days. And then I'm gonna, you know, go back to kind of doing whatever, or I'm gonna start over on Monday. That was kind of always my story. And then, but I, you know, I was working out for hours a day. So I was maintaining my weight. Um, and then 
uh, summer after high school when I was partying a lot and kind of stopped doing physical activity. Um, now I know alcohol has a lot of calories. If you buy a pitcher of margarita, that's there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of calories, a lot of sugar in there. Um, but yeah, so it it kind of caught up to me really quickly, and for the first time, I you know I wasn't only it just kind of exacerbated that insecurity that I had, and I would try even even more so like going on a diet and then I'd be like, but I still wanted to go party with my friends. So then I would, you know, binge drink and then tell myself, you know, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to go for McDonald's run or I'm not going to eat when I come home or I'm not going to eat all day so that I'm kind of saving calories or being healthy that night. And then would just like blow it all. And, you know, had some binges that would happen. Um, and yeah. And then I guess where that happened is I, struggled with that I guess on and off but then in engineering school I couldn't really party drink as much was more kind of focused on school um the weight came off a little bit on its own and then in my first year of school I ended up um losing my first boyfriend so we were broken up but I lost him to suicide and that was definitely a very formative experience or the most that I the biggest loss that I'd experienced in my life. And there's kind of a whole story behind that, but it was, it was tough. It was my first exam season in um, university. And I just lost like essentially the, you know, my first love, the kind of one of the most important people in my life. And I felt like I had a lot of, there was some blame uh, towards myself and some guilt that I was holding on to that I was never really able to let go of. And it was just a lot. It was just a lot for a, an 18 year old girl to, to handle. Um, but I kind of in the middle of that exam season. Um, so I kind of dealt with it, you know, let it out to a certain extent where I could, but then also kind of buried myself in studying and in books and, and, got through it but one of the side effects from that was I had no appetite I didn't want to eat it was like this is you know what's what's important it, it really kind of um I guess yeah I just kind of lost my appetite so lost weight from that and continued um in engineering I got to I guess my second year and um went into or I guess what kind of another the next step on the fitness journey is I was still cheerleading in university and had a cheerleading accident I guess in my first year of university and then it kind of kept coming back I partially tore my ACL and my meniscus um, and eventually got to the point where I kept kind of re-tearing it and eventually I joined I got a gym membership so I'd always worked out kind of you know, doing body weight stuff, ab training, working out at the gym, in the cheerleading gym. Um, but I got a gym membership to kind of progress my rehab and to kind of, I set in my mind, okay, maybe I'm not going to go back to cheerleading because my body is just not having it any anymore. It's just kind of falling apart a little bit. So I got a gym membership to do my rehab exercises, continue to strengthen my leg, um, my injured leg there and to kind of you know, stay active and to continue doing something. So I'd been active my whole life. Um, and then 
got to my first work term in engineering, or I guess, okay, so joined the gym membership, started strength training more, um, started noticing my body changing in a way that I liked. And I started kind of seeing like muscles that I'd never seen before and was getting excited about it. And I was feeling really good. I was feeling really strong. Um, I was eating better. I was just kind of starting to make better choices with my diet kind of automatically and just really liking the way that I was feeling and also the way that I was looking and like feeling strong first time that was the focus rather than just kind of being smaller and being restrictive about everything. Um, And then got to my first work term in engineering and I went, it was in Rocky Mountain House, Alberta. um, And it was kind of a live away situation. So I think I started, it was like two weeks on, two weeks off uh, where I'd go and I'd work there and I lived with this nice couple Uh, older couple they were empty nesters in Rocky Mountain House and they hosted me and I was pretty much out in the middle of nowhere working on a construction site for a fertilizer plant um, with it was a different environment than I'd ever been in than I'd never worked in it was construction very male dominated not uh, not a very as not like professional in the sense that I was used to but essentially I was out there in the middle of nowhere Um, and decided to use that time to really focus on, you know, getting fit and really um, getting in the best shape of my life was what I decided I was going to do with the time when I was, um, you know, had no friends to visit, was pretty much just working and then uh, didn't have a whole lot of a a life going on out there. So in that time, um, that's, I said that I always like learning. So that was kind of, I put a lot of my energy into, I decided that I was going to learn how to do things kind of the right way or learn kind of the why behind everything. So, uh, sometimes on the job, they wouldn't have things for me to do and (laughs) I would have free time or in my time also outside of work, I just started doing a ton of research on nutrition and how to put together a workout plan and how to build muscle and how to lose fat and just got really, really into that and passionate about it and started, uh, got a gym membership out there, um, started working out every single day, started learning how to track my macros. And I think I probably went like maybe two or three weeks in that first uh, stint, not even taking a rest day until eventually I kind of learned you know, oh, I should make a training plan for myself and I should have specific days where I do specific things and um, all that kind of stuff. But what ended up happening is I, uh, the project had some delays and I ended up getting laid off. Um, I guess, I think there was about a month and a half left in that summer and decided, I had it in the back of my mind that I always wanted to do a fitness competition. Um, And this opportunity was presented to me. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do in a month and a half? Go get a different job or whatever. And I decided to uh, train for my first competition. And there was a coach in Edmonton that I ended up hiring for it um, and kind of decided to go all in and ended up winning my first competition, got just more and more like passionate about it. And it was a really, really cool experience. And the first time it was, I think it was really powerful for me because it was something that I'd always kind of struggled with, even though, you know, back in the day, I didn't really struggle with my weight, but I didn't feel like I was in control. And I always felt like, you know, I kind of a failure because I would try all these extreme things. Like I was always very all or nothing. And then finally I was able to actually make these changes on my own and stick to them. And I felt like if I can do this, I can do anything that I want. 
and I just had so much passion. Like I was so interested in fitness and nutrition, but also just kind of what it had done for my confidence. Um, and just showing me that I can set a goal and put my mind to something and actually accomplish it. And I think that was the most powerful, um, part of it. And I wanted to help, or I didn't really know what I wanted to do at that point. I was just like, I have so much passion for this thing. And I kind of went back to engineering after um, my show. I think it was Thanksgiving long weekend and just felt kind of flat. And I was like, oh, it's like, doesn't really, I don't know. I think I was having a conversation with some of my, with my study group who were awesome and I'm still close with them, but they were talking about like what classes they liked that semester. Um, and I was kind of, my response was like, oh, I don't really like, I don't really like any of them. I don't know. I'm not super interested in any of them. <laughs> and they're like, oh, interesting. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, huh. <laughs> um, and I guess just kind of had this feeling internally where I was like, I, I don't want to be doing this anymore. I want to kind of follow I don't know what it's going to look like at first. I was like, am I going to drop out of school, drop out of university and just like become a personal trainer? I don't really know, but I just feel really called to just kind of follow my heart and follow what I'm really passionate and excited about right now. And really felt and believed that I was going to be the most successful in doing something that I loved and was excited about, because then, you know, you're going to pour more energy and attention into that. And it's not going to feel like work. And I just, I guess, had never really had that thing in my life before. And then I felt like, okay, yes, uh, fitness and health is that thing for me. So ended up transferring into kinesiology, um, kind of had a chat with my family and they're like, no, it's okay. You don't need to, you know, have a drop out of school and, and start from zero. Like you can, you know, use your credits and kind of shift programs. And I was like, okay, yes, I feel good about that. I'm excited to learn more about the body and physiology and health and all that kind of stuff. And um, from that point on finishing my degree, I was, I loved kinesiology. I love that program. because I've always loved learning. And now I was learning about something that I was genuinely like really excited about and really, really interested in. Um, so that's how that shift kind of started. And then I continued to compete in fitness competitions, bikini competitions for I think it was like four years or so in total and using myself kind of as a guinea pig. Um, I also got really, I continued kind of on the educating myself. Um, like you said before, kind of before we started recording or before the podcast, I was also got really into listening to podcasts about fitness, uh, nutrition. So it's so cool nowadays how you can learn from people. Uh, I listen to, you know, like Lane Norton, Sohi Lee, um, Mike Isratel, um, Mike Isratel is so funny. Like I listened to probably three different Mike Isratel podcasts yesterday and he's just so funny, just out of nowhere. I mean, there was, he was on the fitness devil for an episode and he went to the bathroom in the middle of the episode. He's just so chill, but like, very respectful human being and everybody should look up to him but he legit went to the bathroom in the middle of the thing because it's all audio so like who's gonna know except for the fact that you can kind of hear it <laughs> it's just like so funny let's hear it 
Um, I think it got mentioned passively, and because I talked to the hosts, um, I had the inside scoop. But like, I'm pretty certain I remember hearing a little something, and it must have been like a roundtable episode or something. But just like, essentially, what it comes down to is he's one of those what you see is what you get kind of people, which is so valuable in this industry because then you know you can trust this person. Then you. You just, you, it, it takes years to build trust, like with clients, with friends, with everything. And it takes like a few bad moves to like tarnish that trust forever. And so if I can trust that Mike Isertel is going to be silly no matter what, then that's valuable. That's value in it, in and of itself. Yeah. He's honest about who he is and not trying to put on a front. And yeah, you can trust that what's coming out of his mouth is going to be honest as well. It's so true. Have you ever had a moment in your career when it was like you, you were trying to navigate, find, find your people and you had to learn the tough way as to like, Oh, time to pivot. We got to get away from, from that crowd or anything similar to that for yourself. Hmm. I'm trying to, it's tough because I don't want to talk about (laughs) bad enough people on here. Um, I'm, in my career, I think it's, it's different because I've been solo since I kind of start. Well, that's not true. I worked with a, a friend or a mentor for a little bit, but that wasn't, there was nothing wrong with that relationship. Um, but I guess just kind of in life, I don't know, kind of learning. I've never, I've always been like a very open kind of like friends with everyone seeing the best in everyone type person like even all throughout elementary I was like friends with everyone and like didn't when bullying started to become a thing I was like I don't understand like why why is everyone not just friends like I don't get it um but as I've gotten more mature kind of learning it's not about judgment but discernment um and learning that I really just don't have drama in my life and really don't tolerate it um and I guess, you know, I have to, surrounding myself with people who are aligned with that and who are um, kind of on a a similar, the people that I'm really going to let close into my life are going to be people who are on a similar level and like not super reactive and not being judgmental of others and they're authentic and honest with themselves and just like genuine good people. Um, And I've definitely the people who are in my life and my close friends now has definitely become fewer and fewer the older I get. Um, and the more that I feel like I've changed, I guess, as a pers- person and um, learning that kind of quality over quantity when it comes to friendships. And if you're going to really, really get to know someone and connect with them, like you can't, you know, you can only fit so many people into your life, but at the same time you can, there is value and you can connect with, even the checkout person at the grocery store. Yeah. It's it's about like being authentic and being you and allowing the real you to connect with someone. Um, and on the other side of the spectrum, I guess it's, it's like, yeah, that, that connected connection isn't reserved for people who are, you know, exactly matching of your values and your interests and all that kind of stuff. You can, see the best in people and connect with people and just kind of bring your best and try to elevate every uh, interaction that you have 
and um, yeah. Well, I mean, you outlined it really well because it just come kind of comes down to, um, well, understanding what kind of a person that you are because some people, they are wired for drama. And so if you are not someone who likes drama and then you are gravitating towards people who do, you're probably going to sign up for some drama. And then if you are someone who does not like drama very much and then you're gravitating towards other people who don't like drama, you're probably going to be a lot happier because you're going to maintain that uh, reduced drama atmosphere, which is like, I would have to say, like, if I can avoid bullshit in life, I definitely strive for that. Like, I just, if anything's going to be a little bit cuckoo, I'm getting out of there. Um, and then as far as like, uh, really honing in on like, who who are your people when it comes down to it? Like, yeah, I think a lot of people kind of start to realize like, it's quality over quantity um you start to really and especially during this pandemic when people are um finding out who they can just like be totally real with like who who is going to drive by with cookies when you need somebody to drive by with cookies who's going to send a funny video memo when you need somebody to send a funny video memo because like uh life demands of us to be spontaneous for our people like um life needs us to to show up two feet in for for our friends and family and when you figure out who's going to be two feet in for you then it makes it a lot easier to navigate these crazy unpredictable scenarios yeah yeah totally so when it comes to the different places you've lived like you you were in Kelowna before right yeah so what what inspired you to go to Kelowna I guess I went there for, I used to go there in the summertime when I was growing up. Uh, my, my best friend growing up, her family had a, a place in Vernon just outside of Kelowna. And it was always one of my favorite places. Um, and I guess I think I was always saying that I, I wanted to, to move there. At one point, um, my ex and I talked about moving there and opening up uh, an Evolve franchise, actually. We, were, we talked about opening up a gym in Kelowna. Um, so I guess for a few years, it was kind of like my, my dream to live there just because it's, well, I don't really need to explain myself if you've been there, but it's, it's gorgeous. It's sunny. It's, it's beautiful. Um, and then a f- close friend of mine in university, she also kind of was in a, she also wanted to move there and she also kind of grew up there. And then, um, I guess working online and the opportunity presented itself, I guess she was also like, Hey, I'm going to go to Kelowna. Do you want to come with? <laughs> sounds like I'm not really making any decisions for myself, but I, I did want to, want to move there. Um, and, um, I've also always loved California. Um, I have some, I have an aunt and uncle and a a cousin down kind of around San Diego and, um, have also always said that, that I've wanted to move there, but it's a little bit more complicated with the whole visa situation. And Kelowna was my favorite place that I've been to in Canada. And again, never lived anywhere outside of Edmonton for 23 years or so. Um, so decided to, to give it a try kind of in the interim. I was like, I'm not sure if I'll end up there because I I do love it, um, but I'm just not so sure and um, really don't like winter. So I think I would maybe like to live somewhere where there isn't like a, where it doesn't really snow. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how, how that happened so 
in that time, were you ever like uncertain of the move or you were pretty confident or what was the emotional process in, in picking up and, and leaving and setting new roots in a, in a sense? Yeah, it was, you know, I feel like I, I felt maybe I felt pretty good about it. I don't know. It was kind of like, I don't really know what to expect, but I think there's also a part of me that does like change and like kind of is excited by un uncertainty in a way like to a certain extent um we talked about how it's, it's been with the whole pandemic thing but yeah i guess it, it was a little bit scary but i felt i felt ready and i felt pretty good about it um yeah i don't know that all makes sense um when it came to going to Australia, it was a similar process, kind of following a friend and everything. Did you have any guilt or not guilt, doubt, <laughs> doubt, second thoughts, any kind of things where it was like, am I doing what I should be doing? Or was it just that cool confidence? Let's figure this out. Yeah, honestly, it, I felt really good about moving here as well. Like, even though it was something I've never, never um, lived anywhere outside of Canada before, hardly even traveled internationally a ton never really done like solo travel, like backpacking on my own. Um, and, but I don't, I don't really know what it was. I just felt kind of ready. I just felt ready for a change. And I think I've always kind of been like that. Like even when it's come to, if I've, I've been in like a serious relationship or something like that, if I get to the point where I just kind of know internally that like, this isn't right for me anymore, I feel really at peace with like, okay, this needs to change. And even though like, with breakups are never fun as an example like it's and change is always kind of hard and uncomfortable but if i know like inside that this is the right thing for me or whatever that was i'm no longer like aligned with it then there's a part of me that just feels really relieved that like okay this is the right thing i'm headed in the right direction i don't feel like stuck anymore um so I guess kind of similar thing with, with my moves. I just felt ready. I felt like this is the right thing to do. And even though, you know, coming to Australia, there was lots of, there were some bumps in the road. Um, trying to think about, I don't know, just even things like, you know, when you come to a brand new place, like you don't know how to get around. I'm like, I know nothing about Australia. I don't know how to, I had no phone plan. I had no, um, have to just kind of figure everything out don't know how to even get around the city. Um, I don't know, just like different hiccups, different things that would get in the way. Um, but in general, I, yeah, leaving, it's like I was going to miss my friends and my family, but I felt very, I felt ready and I felt kind of at peace with the whole situation. With everything that goes on when you're in a new environment, have you ever felt like scared being in a totally different country amidst everything that's going on? Uh, there have been... Uh, maybe a few times like I can even remember like when the whole fire situation was going on if I would be looking at my news app or reading some headlines and just kind of realizing the severity of the situation and I, but that's also I feel like news headlines are kind of made to create fear in people um, so there have been some times where I've kind of got pulled into that and I'm like oh my god like what do I do and like I feel powerless to a certain extent um, but then kind of taking a step back and, and being okay with that. But in terms of being feeling scared, there's definitely, I don't know. I wouldn't say, I feel like my biggest struggle 
maybe at times has been like with loneliness, I guess, like feeling so far away from people. Um, and there's definitely been, especially as this pandemic hit and most of the people who I knew in Sydney have like flown to their respective countries and regardless, it doesn't really, well, I guess I was living with my roommates before so I could see them. But even with friends who I had in Sydney before, it's like, okay, well, can't see them anymore. Um, so I feel like loneliness and feeling so far away from everyone, even, even though everyone's kind of isolated, even if their friends are, you know, just a few blocks away. Um, but feeling kind of far away from everyone and feeling that loneliness was something that I, I struggled with probably the most. And even before the pandemic, a little bit of that. Um, so, yeah. What have you learned about yourself that has kind of helped you to become resilient? Like, I mean, nobody's ever going to be 100% perfect, but we learn little maybe routines that we need or self-care, um, things like that. What's that journey like been like for you? Mm, about learning about myself. Um, I guess kind of like circling back to what we talked to in the beginning that learning how to be happy and be grateful no matter no matter what's going on around me and kind of just giving myself whatever it is that I need um, and try just trying not to I guess rely on anyone else for my happiness and for my for my well-being and like obviously relationships are important um, but I guess it just comes back to like I I don't need a whole lot outside of myself to be happy and to be okay. Um, so I guess the biggest lesson I think that I've learned is what is acceptance and like just learning how to be okay with the, the way that things are. Um, I've been reading a lot about like spirituality and just kind of holistic well-being and everything and and learning about um, how our psyche works and, and why we kind of have these feelings of loneliness and sadness and everything and, and learning a little bit, a bit about like trauma and all that kind of stuff. So learning about how, um, growing up or just throughout your life, you have these experiences and when you don't really want to experience them, like if it's a, a bad feeling, like even when it comes to loneliness, like it could be even something where like your parents, when you were a kid, you might not even remember, you know, left you crying or got lost in a store and you thought like you were so young, you didn't understand. You thought that no one was coming back to get you. And it was truly a feeling of life or death. And you were so uncomfortable with that feeling that you kind of like stored it away and like resisted it and didn't want to feel it. And then you go through your life and you continue to have experiences that bring back that similar feeling of when you were younger or eventually the kind of accumulation of things that are similar to that feeling and then the older you get and the more times you have those similar experiences the more charged they get um and you're like okay why am i feeling this this loneliness or whatever to a, to this extent so that's like you know it's it's not even a big thing or something small might happen and you react to this certain extent um and just learning how to kind of deal with that and let go of that those past kind of stored traumas in your body and ultimately learning that like you're, you know, I'm not my thoughts and I'm not my experiences. I can just kind of step back and witness everything. Um, so focusing meditation has been something that I've been 
I'm a lot more consistent with, but not even that, just kind of trying to be the witness in my everyday life and using everyday life experiences as opportunities to step back and not get so involved in my thoughts and my emotions to the point where I feel identified with them, but kind of stepping back and being like, okay, this is relax into this, let it kind of pass through me and let go and just accept and trying to do that and see kind of everything. This is kind of something brand new that I'm, that I'm trying. Um, but using experiences as when something comes up that like brings up that lonely loneliness or that reaction in me, can I step back and just kind of observe it and try to like relax into it and let it pass through me. So like when I was a kid and I, I didn't want to feel that loneliness or that experience and kind of push it away. Can I just let it, let myself feel whatever it is I need to feel, whether it's loneliness and sadness and not judge myself for it and not be like, Oh, this isn't okay that I'm feeling this. Uh, like, I'm crying, but I'm not okay with it. And I'm going to cry into a pillow and then I'm going to, you know, go do something positive because I got to feel good again. Like just learning how to be okay with not feeling okay. Um, And that's not necessarily where you like you indulge in it. And it's like, oh, I'm going to lay in bed all day and and not do the things that I know are going to make me feel good. Like, no, I'm still going to meditate. I'm going to move. I'm going to try to do my best to, to feed my body as best as I can. And I'm not going to resist however it is I'm feeling because there's nothing that I can do about it. If it's here, then it's here. I'm going to let it happen. I'm going to try to let go. I'm going to remember that I am not this feeling. I'm not this emotion. And I'm going to try to relax into it and, um, yeah, make that kind of a a daily practice. So meditation, but also kind of trying to trying to step back and detach myself from from my thoughts in my everyday life is something that. I'm trying and so far it's, it's been helpful, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. It was really cool to kind of hear the thought process behind it. And it's something that I think will resonate with a lot of people that listen, just the whole detaching from like, you are not your thoughts because, um, contrary to what it may seem on people's social media or just their appearance, walking down the street, like a lot of people, are battling a lot of things and usually you go up the pyramid you see the person at the top and they got just as big or bigger battles than the person who you would see as at the bottom of the pyramid regardless of of what age they are um how much they make what ethnicity what background anything like everybody has their their story their battle um and we all need tools for our toolkit And when it comes to meditation and all this uh, essentially introspection like that you do, what are your biggest influences for like what what influences you to grow in that uh, area of your life? What do you mean? Like people? or Yeah, well, people, books, movies, podcasts, anything really. It's very open ended, but it's just like what what impacts the most change for you in, in that process? Uh, so recently it's been, I've been doing a lot of reading or listening to audiobooks. I actually don't own, I have like maybe three books because I kind of had to get rid of everything coming here, but been big on audiobooks. Um, and so Michael Singer, Eckhart Tolle, um, those are some, some of the two main ones that I've been listening to recently that I feel like I've had like a lot of, I'm trying to actually like implement them, their stuff and they've like made a lot of sense for me and that kind of like created some epiphanies, but 
Uh, also Byron Katie, that was another one um, where I read her book, The Work, but it's all, it's interesting to, to think back on everyone that I read and everyone that I listen to. And it's, there's so many like common threads through everything of just kind of like acceptance and like relaxing into things and like being the observer and, um, and then all these different tools that I think at the end of the day are doing the same thing. So like I'm, uh, I've studied EFT or tapping, which is, and I took like a course in NLP, which is all about your subconscious mind. Um, these are kind of things that I've done as continuing education, um, over the last few years. Um, but it's interesting to think about how they're these tools and, and stress management tools. These are all things that I teach my clients as well. So I teach them about tapping. Uh, we do some different NLP techniques, um, breathing techniques, meditation, um, all these different things. Like they're, they're kind of all doing the same thing, like helping you kind of step back, be present, be the witness. And there's so many different paths that you can take to uh, get there. So it's all about just kind of what works for you. And, and oh, breath work is another one that's been um, really powerful for me and for um, some of my clients. But yeah, it's, it's ultimately kind of just different paths getting to the same place or on, on a similar journey. Um, but yeah, that I think the, the biggest one, I think it was like, it's Michael Singer that I really resonated with. Um, because I felt like that's so tangible and something that I can really grasp onto is trying to like just be the witness in my everyday life and using anything situation that comes up to just kind of like let go and like let it pass through me and like relax and not disidentify from my, my thoughts and my emotions. And um, that was kind of a big kind of aha or, or click thing that clicked for me. Um, but it's, it's interesting. I feel like everyone is going to have that different thing and there's going to be different kind of doorways for people to just work on themselves in general. Like at the end of the day, uh, fitness coaches, business coaches, spirituality or, or mind, body, soul, all these things, they're kind of, they're doing the same thing for people. They're just kind of inspiring people to, to be better and have higher standards for their lives and for their happiness. And you're going to open it, they're all just doors that are leading to the same place. So even when I'm teaching, when I'm talking about nutrition and fitness and, and doing the things that I'm doing for people, that's just the first door that they're opening to like, how can I be better? How can I be happier? And along the way, there's going to be things that click and kind of things that resonate with you um, that are ultimately going to get you to the same, same place of just like being, being happier, being, being a better version of you and and working through life's trials and tribulations and coming out stronger and happier on the other side. Yeah, well, I mean, you put it really well. Um, when the pandemic is lifted, like when when the world is calm again, when things are what normal will look like, which is not going to be what it was before, uh, what's the first thing that you want to do? Like when everything is back to as close to normal as possible? Oh, the first thing that I want to do, um, like hug my family. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I guess when, yeah, thinking about like not being able to go home and like see the people that I want to see makes me really just appreciate that and, and be really grateful for that. And when I am able to just like see the people that I love and like give them a big hug and just hugging people in general, um, I'm really excited for that. And uh, something you, that reminds me of something you brought up earlier about just like smiling at, at random people on the street. Um, I used to have this thing, I, I heard about it somewhere, I think it was maybe on a podcast called the six foot rule, where it's like whenever you're in within six feet of people, try to like acknowledge their presence, either smile at them or say hi or start up a conversation or whatever it is. And I miss that so much in the pandemic. So I'm like, no, I have to like avoid everyone and you're not supposed to speak moistly at people and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> so that's, I think, a, a small thing that I'm really looking forward to to doing again is just like connection, in-person connection with people. And, um, you know, I'll still try to not speak moistly at them. And, you know, <laughs> we're probably, you know, elbow bumps might be a thing for a while and social distancing might be a thing, but, um, you know, it, it's not going to, it's going to be a lot easier and more normal, hopefully. Um, and yeah, in the meantime, I am, like you were saying, just trying to like smile at people and, and send them that energy, like positive energy, even if it's from uh, the other side of the street or when I'm kind of keeping my distance or, or whatever it is, but definitely looking forward to just more in-person connections, whether it's with my family, friends, giving them a big hug or just saying hi to a stranger on the street <laughs> yeah well it's crazy how so many people are realizing how much we took those little things for granted um like our our parents are realizing it our our cousins are realizing it like in anybody's dynamic anybody's situation it's like wow like i really took for granted like birthday gatherings and easter gatherings like I used to just like slough those off as just here we go again but now it's like those are gold and I look back at uh, just times when I've just really leaned into my career and just been like no I got a client that wants to train at that specific time or like oh no I'm gonna get overtime hours if I uh, sacrifice this thing and now I'm like oh no like this second opportunity that I have like um, there's going to be certain things that just always take precedent and I'll probably make it work. Like I'll probably, um, people will know that they need to still schedule with me, but that, uh, I just can't schedule on like someone's birthday or whatever. And it's just, that is where I've seen my line in the sand is, um, we can only care about so many people in our life, but when we care about some people in our life, we're going to care like big time because life is short and we only get to do that really once. Like we, we can't just slough off being a good person and loving our family and our friends and anybody that we meet that impacts us. Like we, we have to do that all in the first time, not the second time. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you like, oh go ahead i say like yeah life is meant to be enjoyed and just the many things that we've taken for granted and i'm honestly i'm excited for us like for as a society just to all the things that we tend to take for granted and what this pandemic has done is is 
like made us so much more, or I think that it will make us so much more grateful for all these, all these little things that we're not able to do right now. Once they come back, like we're going to enjoy them so much more. And just the way that it has put things into perspective for everyone, I think is a beautiful thing. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of moments where it's like, yeah, the phone is going down because I'm so tired of connecting through this phone. I want to connect with the person, you know, like it's that was getting crazy to be able to look around a room at like a house party or something is everybody's got their face in their phone. I hope that one of the biggest changes is that people are looking each other in the eye. They don't know what time it is. They don't know how many texts they have. They don't know if they got a new email, but they know how the person in front of them in the living flesh is doing, you know? Yeah. At the same time though, I feel like technology is such a blessing around this time. Like if you think about, you know, 20 years ago, if the same thing has happened, like we wouldn't be able to keep in touch with the people that we care about in the way that we have been. And we wouldn't have all these like hilarious memes and, and TikToks at our fingertips. <laughs> so it has, and also like the people who, you know, if I'm on the other side of the world, I, I can't see a lot of people in person. So kind of, um, and I'm connecting more, I think, with people now than I than I ever have been. Um, so definitely, definitely the in-person stuff. But at the same time, I feel like maybe technology and the ability to connect with people is something that I was taking for granted before um, that I am a lot more grateful for now and taking advantage of more now. Yeah, well, I think we're going to utilize technology for what it's best at and not uh, waste time at... Uh playing sudoku kind of thing like we'll be able to utilize it for its connection purposes like you know how back in the day when you picked up a phone and you talked to somebody immediately we'll be picking up our phone to talk to people um with our video calls and with our texts and stuff rather than picking up our phone to like look at inanimate posts that somebody put up eight months ago that make us want something outside of what we already have and forget what to be grateful for and just get in this like um self self-conscious state yeah yeah totally i hope that's and i i do think that that's one of the changes that's gonna stick that that is a positive change absolutely fingers crossed so if if you were to give one piece of advice to someone on how to live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way what would that piece of advice be Hmm. one piece of advice um I think, well, this is kind of a quote that I feel like has has kept coming to mind, but uh, happiness is wanting what you already have. So rather than focusing on what it is that you want, learn how to want what you already have. Learn how to uh, be grateful for what you have and accept this moment as if you chose it. That was perfect. I mean, like to reflect on that in a time like this ties in pretty good. And then taking it out of the context where we aren't so focused on what we have because we're just surrounded by what we have all the time would be a good uh, piece of perspective for a person to revisit. Maybe when a year passes and somebody stumbles across this podcast, hopefully they go back and reflect on like, what was life like when I had to get into where where I am in life and how am I going to manage with this uncertainty like we have everything that we need we're we're good to go it's just a matter of uh believing it sort of thing I guess yeah you always have or 
you always have everything that you need. Absolutely. And that, my friend, wraps up our episode. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. If you are a new listener to The Lifestyle Chase, I highly encourage you to check out past episodes because being that this is episode 117, you can only imagine how many different familiar faces I may have already interviewed. In order to access those old episodes, because iTunes, Apple, um, Spotify, all those things tend to only show the most recent 100 episodes, if you go to thelifestylechase.podbean.com, you can either find the RSS feed and input that into your favorite podcast uh, player, or you can just use the Podbean website and go that way. But to be able to uh, learn through other people's life experiences has honestly been something that's helped me a lot, and I can only hope that it can help you just as much. And with, with that being said, thank you for all of the support that you give to this project. And I can't wait to keep it going. We'll catch you on the next one.